Welcome to Starting Points, a podcast from Faith on Hill Church in Milwaukee, Oregon. My name's Adam. I'm the pastor at Faith on Hill. Starting Points is a podcast designed to be an overview of books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It is meant to be a starting point for your reading, study of the Word of God, or a re-entry point. If you've uh, read the Bible before, but you want to come at it uh, in a fresh way, that's what this podcast is all about. Today we're going to be looking at the book of First and Second Chronicles. Just like with the book of First and Second Kings, uh, we're putting them into one episode instead of two. And the reason is that originally it would have been one book. It wasn't divided until later when the, uh, the Hebrew scriptures were translated by uh, Jewish scribes and rabbis into Greek, which is called the Septuagint. That's when it was divided. Uh, now, one of the questions we ask, and the first question we ask is, who wrote the book? And why did they write it? Who's it written to? Well, it was, tradition says it was Ezra. Uh, the book of Ezra is, of course, written by him. And uh, Ezra was a, uh, a scribe and a, a priest uh, in Israel as the Jews were returning from their captivity and exile in Babylon. So it was either written by Ezra or it was written by one of his contemporaries, uh, maybe somebody who was serving with uh, him, and it was under his instruction to do so. But it's pretty well agreed that it was written by a Jewish male Levite living in Jerusalem at the end of or just after the Babylonian captivity. Um, there's sort of an interesting contrast as well between First and Second Chronicles and First and Second Kings. They actually tell very similar stories. They're they're dealing with similar time frames in history and similar events, but from very different perspectives. First and Second Kings tradition says was written by the prophet Jeremiah, or at least it would be better to say that it was collated. It was it was edited. It was put together by Jeremiah from other sources, historical sources. And what Jeremiah was trying to do, if you remember back to the First Kings episode, is he was trying to tell the people, this is how we got here. This is what has led us to having enemy armies laying siege to our country and our capital. That's the how we got here. Chronicles is much more concerned about the highlights of history. It's not being revisionist. It's not uh, saying we're only going to look at the good stuff. Um, but, you know, sometimes... We can say, oh, you know, we're just only going to talk about the bad things. But being raw and honest about sin and defeat can actually become incomplete, if not revisionist, in its own right. Because there's other things happening, too. The writer of First and Second Chronicles emphasizes God's work among his people throughout history. And it's possibly, you could make the argument, a manifesto for what Israel could become again. It's not hiding the sins of the past, for example, in First Chronicles chapter 21. Uh, the writer calls out King David, their greatest king, for a sinful census that he took, something he was not supposed to do, and the writer highlights that. It's not hiding these things. It's not downplaying these things. It's not revising history. It's saying, yes, this happened. But if we only focus on the bad, if we only focus on the downside, that in itself becomes revisionist because you ignore the good things that happened, the good things that God was doing, the good things that the people did in response to God. The, the writer wants to emphasize God's work among his people. But again, it tells the truth. It talks about the division of the two kingdoms in uh, 2 Chronicles 10. But it emphasizes 
instead of talking about, whereas First and Second Kings talks about the, the kings of both Israel and Judah, the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the northern kingdom of Israel, and Judah, the southern kingdom, and it emphasizes, you know, the good and the bad. Uh, the writer of Chronicles just emphasizes the good kings of Judah and the reformations or the revivals that happened during those times in Israel's past. And so the focus is placed on God reviving people. So the next question we ask on this podcast is, what's the human story of First and Second Chronicles? Well, for First Chronicles, uh, ba- by the way, First Chronicles is basically equal to like First Kings. Second Chronicles is, is analogous to Second Kings. With First Chronicles, the human story, oh, I, sh- I should say that again. First Chronicles is First and Second Samuel with a bit of Genesis thrown in. So if you want to know the human story, you can go back at Saul and David and First and Second Samuel that we talked about on the 20-minute Bible study podcast. Very human story of, of imperfect people that God calls to his service and how they respond both good and bad. There's also some Genesis thrown in. The genealogies in First uh, and Second Chronicles go back to Genesis, and so you can see those human stories as well. Second Chronicles is analogous to First and Second Kings, with bits of Ezra and Nehemiah thrown in. So all of the human stories in First and Second uh, Kings, as well as the stories of rebuilding and reestablishment in Ezra are kind of pointed at or hinted to. Uh, the other question we ask is, what are the landmines? Because, you know, you come to a book of the Bible, and there's like, oh man, that's such a good thing, but then there's this thing that it's it's controversial. There's a story that's hard for us in our day to process. Uh, there's a story or, or a teaching that is uh, disagreed about or, or that non-Christians have a really hard time with. To me, the landmine is just not studying the book. It's just not studying the books of First and Second Chronicles. Because it's easy to say, oh, I've read this before. I've read First and Second Samuel, which are very well-read, uh, popular books of the Bible. Oh, I've read First and Second Kings. And if you're doing like a reading plan, you know, Bible in a year, you do First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and then you come to First and Second Chronicles, and the temptation is to skip it because you've heard this story before. But when we say, Oh, I've read this before, what we're doing is we're limiting ourselves to just one writer's perspective. First Second Kings was written by Jeremiah at a time of defeat. For Israel, and he's trying to tell people, this is how we got here. This is why we are like this. But if you don't read the Chronicles, then you miss the reestablishment, the revitalization, the revival elements that the writer is trying to point us to. To me, it's the same as there are four Gospels. But what if you only read one of them? You say, I don't need to read the others because I've read one. But we know that the, the four Gospels highlight different things that happened in the life and the ministry of Jesus. They Uh, emphasize different aspects of his ministry or different interactions with different people or come at those same interactions from different perspectives. John, an eyewitness. Matthew, an eyewitness. Luke, somebody who took the eyewitness accounts of many people. So they come from different perspectives. But what if we said we're only going to read one of them? What if we said, oh, I'm not reading Ephesians again because I read it 10 years ago. As if there was nothing new for us to gather, to glean, to take hold of. That, to me, is the danger, that we wouldn't read these books because we say, I've already read it in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. Or I don't, I don't, I've been there. I don't need to know that. That's not important. The other landmine to me is the fear of genealogies. Uh, J. Vernon McGee, who's a Bible commentator and uh, somebody who I, I kind of lean into heavily 
uh, because he's really good at these big overviews. So for this podcast, I, I lean into a lot of Jay Vernon McGee. And he, he made this point. He said, the genealogies were important to God. What do you mean? Why does that matter? If they were important enough for God to include in the scripture, then they should be important to us. Now, I have said in the past that people should at times, especially in their first reading of the Bible, feel free to skip certain genealogies. It is more important that somebody knows the big picture than that they stop reading because they can't get through the genealogies. And First Chronicles has some of the biggest doozies of genealogies, right? Like First uh, Matthew's Gospel starts chapter 1 with a genealogy. And we're like, wait, who's this person? And they begat that person and the son of this person. What does this mean? First Chronicles has like chapters of genealogies. Not just one chapter, not just half a chapter. Chapters, plural, of genealogies. But for those of us who are students of the Word of God, it's important to remember that God cared enough about these things to include them. He cared enough about these things to include them. How I think they should be approached personally is I think somebody who is just investigating Christianity, somebody who's reading the Bible for the first time, a brand new Christian, should feel a certain amount of freedom to um, glance at the genealogies and then move on. I think that's okay. I think when we go deeper, though, it's kind of like the song We Didn't Start the Fire. You know, the Billy Joel classic. Uh, most people, if they're not like me and have a, a, an overly abundant love for 80s music, you, you know that song because of The Office. You know, Ryan started the fire. But if you go to the Wikipedia page for that song, you go on Wikipedia, you type in We Didn't Start the Fire, every historical and cultural reference in that song has a link to its own Wikipedia. And you can go down a rabbit trail of 20th century history and learn and fill in holes in your knowledge. It's, it's incredible the jumping off point that that song brings. In the same way, the genealogies can do the same thing. I, I recommend and I continue to recommend the book Haley's Bible Handbook. In fact, I have given that away to multiple people in the last you know, several years that I've been the pastor here. I will continue to give it away to anyone who wants it. Haley's Bible Handbook. And, and you can read through the genealogies and they will highlight anything that needs to be highlighted. Hey, this person's significant because of this. Hey, this person has an interesting backstory and you can read about it in this part of the Bible. Hey, take a note of this. There, there is, this person is included and they are a direct ancestor of Jesus. And so on. And that leads us to our final question. Where is Jesus seen in all of this? Well, the genealogies are the basis of, for the gospel genealogies. Specifically, the genealogies in 1 Chronicles are the basis for Matthew's genealogies. But, as I said, you could go through and you can see, oh, Jesus includes that person? God chose to include that person in the genealogy of Jesus? God chose to include that person and all the mistakes that they made as part of the plan of salvation? And you can see as you go through the histories First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, and as it emphasizes the revivals in Israel, that Jesus is a reviver of people. You know, recently, if you've been on social media, you might have seen something about this place called Asbury. You might not even know what Asbury is, but you know that something called a revival happened there. I don't know what history will make of it, but for me, what happened at Asbury, at least at the beginning, was that God chose in his mercy and grace to pour his spirit out 
on a room full of believers who were praying and seeking him. And throughout history, God pours his spirit out on people. Throughout history, God has moved in unique ways. In 1967, Time Magazine had a cover story that said, Is God dead? Five years later, the cover story of Time Magazine was the Jesus Revolution. Because God chooses to pour out his spirit on people in unique ways. And so I am excited to see what God is going to do. People say, oh, Christianity is in decline. The church is in decline. That's the narrative people want you to believe. But I know that Jesus is on the move and Jesus revives people. And I am thankful for that truth. I am thankful for that promise that God is not done working. And that is my big takeaway from the book of First and Second Chronicles. I want to thank you for joining us at the Starting Point podcast. New episodes are released on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We have video versions on our Facebook page. My name's Adam. Look forward to joining you again for another episode of Starting Points.